Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, let's pretend. What's, what's he doing, you think? What do you think he's doing right this second? I don't what's know. looking at? I'm just going to reset him Stock here. Stock prices? You know, if somebody wasn't eating up until the show, the second the show began, we could have possibly figured this out. But, uh, well, yeah, we, well, we know. Oh, yeah. We know. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell us. We we know. We know. Yeah, we know. We know. The Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. He's Michael Borky. Glad to be with you here on a Monday afternoon, we are in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, I don't have, I, I mentioned this the other day, I don't have all the, uh, the stuff that, that Richard has as far as like having the, the sheet and everything. I just tell you that there's a lot of cool stuff at Pearl River Resort. It doesn't really matter what you like to do, they've got something for you at Pearl River Resort. If you're a gambler, man, they've got you covered there with a, a lot of action. If you're a sports gambler, the sports book at the Timeout Lounge is fantastic. They've got great restaurants, they've got Great, uh, you know, if you're, you need to, to relax, you want to hit the spa, they got it all at their Pearl River Resort. Check them out, PearlRiverResort.com. That was good. Is he back? Is he there? I did I did my best. We're, we're working you on it. The text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. You can join the program with us that way. we got plenty to talk about here on a Monday, Michael Borky. I, I know you love a name. I know you like to name things. I have dubbed this I can hear you. past hey, Saturday. Hey, we hear you. You hear me? No, I'm talking to Richard. We hear you. Don't. I can't. I can't hear I you. I hear you now. Okay, hey. good. There. All right. Hey, hey, hey. You were you were afraid that I was about to get frustrated and say something. Yes. Yes. My mic that was going to go out. And there was nothing you could do. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I was. I, I might have been on the verge of that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. as I was saying before, Richard <laughs> interrupted. Nice us. job. I, I did uh, like flip it over where I could listen to you in the studio. Good, good job on the Pearl yeah. River Resort. Yeah, Thank you. On. We are calling this past Saturday Survival Saturday for Mississippi State and Ole Miss basketball because that is exactly what both of those teams did, Richard. Yeah, completely. I, I sent you a. I sent you a, uh, a text message. It said, yeah. it said, bullet, period, dodged, period. And I, yeah. I sent back the gif of Robert Downey Jr. from uh, Tropic Thunder. Survive. 
That's all it said. And that's yeah. what State did. And then a few hours later, Ole Miss had to do it against Missouri. And yes. But they did survive, and so we are still both on this path towards March. Yeah, and and I don't know if it's a march toward March. It's it's like uh, it feels a little bit more of an arduous journey than just a straight line march um, because of well, they just bubble. Mississippi State's in better shape than Ole Miss is, right? I mean, conference yes. record is exactly the same. That, yeah. Mississippi State has fewer overall wins than Ole Miss has, but they are in better shape because their metrics are better. Their net ranking is better. It, it's a slight. They have they have two wins against top ten net teams. They've beaten right. Tennessee and Auburn, both of which are top ten. Yeah, just just a huge boost out of those two. Um, I think we were onto something last week when we were talking about Ole Miss and their road to March, their their road to the NCAA tournament being, uh, you know, if you get to nine and nine, just. You better make sure your antiperspirant works because you are going to be sweating. I mean sweating. And without winning at least two games in Nashville, I don't know that it's good enough. Uh, I, I know that all season long, everybody has had Ole Miss in their projections as in the field. But when you think about the history of, okay, where, where do you need to be in terms of the net? I mean, if you're in the 60s, yeah. That's a big ask of the committee, and that's where Ole Miss has lived for most of the last month. Yeah, because if they only win, if they only get to nine, I mm-hmm. mean, they either did not take advantage of what looks to be kind of a sputtering South Carolina team coming to your place on Saturday. It means you possibly lost to Missouri, possibly lost to Georgia. You know, there's there's issues there because there'd either be not a good enough win or a bad loss mixed into your remaining resume paired with the the metrics that uh, don't exactly favor you right now. So, ten is absolutely still doable. But man, so I'm glad we're starting with basketball because I think what happened in basketball is far more meaningful as of this moment than what happened in baseball, and we'll we'll get to all of that as well. Of course, we got three hours, but. if Ole Miss plays the way they did on Saturday, on Wednesday in Starkville, they're getting beat by 20. Heck, everybody else in the league would have beaten Ole Miss on Saturday. They're, they're lucky it was Missouri. And, you know, they're not basketball-playing robots. They are human beings. Maybe, you know, they got caught up in the fact that Missouri's as bad as they are and, and didn't take them seriously. You know, maybe they're tired. It's a grind of a long season, whatever the case may be. But there were times, Richard, you were calling the game. You got to see it closer uh, than I did. But there there was effort issues for Ole Miss. There, there were poor closeouts. There was uh, one play in particular that I remember. Ole Miss turned it over at the top of the key, and the, and the player that turned it over didn't even bother trying to get back and stop the transition, leading to an easy uh, Missouri bucket. Things like that that they did. Effort and, and body language I thought was awful, and they, they turned it on and they won the game, which is important. But, man, if, if that manifests on Wednesday or if that manifests on Saturday, they're losing both of these games, and you probably can go ahead and write the book on the tournament at that point. Yeah, I admit that I don't necessarily spend a ton of time looking like when I'm broadcasting a game, looking at body language or – you know, now if there's something that's glaring, like if you've got a guy that, you know, 
causes you to be drawn to that? You know, has a doesn't like a foul that's called on him, and he slams the ball down. Let's say he gets teed up, and so now you're kind of keyed in on that, and you kind of keep a more of an eye on him. Or if you have a, a superstar that gets benched, but just kind of in the flow of the game, it's like there's so much else that's going on that I feel like I have to get right that I'm not watching it. So you may have actually been in a better spot to see if it looked like a lack of effort. Because, frankly, from where I was, it was great because the game was interesting. The game was tight. There was a storyline of, wow, is Missouri... Now, I understand, if you're listening to this and you're like, Richard, you're, you you like Ole Miss and you went to school there and what are you talking about? It was good. No, 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 no. And that hat gets taken off for a broadcast and I put the I want a compelling game. I want good storylines hat, hat on. And so you've got the storyline of, wow, on one hand, you've got this team that's fighting for its NCAA tournament life. And on the other hand, you have a winless team in the conference who's trying to just win a game. And you end up with a close game with the team that's not supposed to win, that's ahead for so so from like a television standpoint, I thought that was really good. I thought Ole Miss did some some good things. They made a significant adjustment at halftime that they probably should have made in a timeout in the first half. Ole Miss was making threes in the first half. And it's what kept them in the game. But at halftime, they had 0.0 free throw attempts. Not one. There's only one way to explain that. And it has nothing to do with guys in striped shirts. It is a full-on lack of aggression and not attacking the basket. I mean, you accidentally get four free throw attempts in a half. Um, But... Hey, Dad, they came out in the second half, and it was a different story, and they had like 30 second-half free-throw attempts. And they were physical, and they attacked the basket, and they played downhill and only had, what, half a dozen or so three-point attempts in the second half. It was tale of two halves mm-hmm. in the game. Um, and, and, and kind of a tale of two halves within the second half because Missouri came out in the second half and pushed the lead out, and they yeah. they looked like they were maybe going to mm-hmm. pull that off, and then all of a sudden Ole Miss just starts hitting shots and getting stops. And the game and Missouri did flip as quickly. Shots. Exactly, they didn't hit shots, and it, the game just flipped as quickly as it came. We should have done a better job with this on the broadcast. I, I'll take the blame on this. Missouri only hit two field goals in the last nine <clears> minutes <throat> of the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we did a good enough job pointing that out, but it's like I mean that is a really really significant drought. Um, yeah. so that helped. But Ole Miss also played Casper the Ghost is back. It happened again. It's a thing now. Oh, somebody is now messing with him. Hey, Dad. But somebody there's only one is... light switch in yeah. here. There's only one. Yep, yep, yep. There's something else going on, boy. This is creepy. You got Joe Black hanging out uh, in the studio. Really he doesn't even realize it. The power of Christ compels you. Mm. Off the right. church I go again. We uh, we're just getting started. Uh, let, let's unpack Mississippi State get, and Arkansas. I'll get Father let's, Jason on the line. Let's unpack Ole Miss and uh, and Missouri. Let's get into some baseball. Whole lot to get to with you this afternoon. 
in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios this afternoon. The ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. If your business is not using Ceasefire, have to check them out. Ceasefire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Thanks for being with us. Is this going to be a bumpy journey all afternoon? I think so. I think we're just going to have to to just... I mean, it was kind of a bumpy weekend. Uh, Yeah. Overcome, improvise, adapt. Don't complain, just do it. And it's weird to say Survive. that. Survive. Survival Saturday. It was a bumpy weekend, and nobody lost. Now, Ole Miss baseball split, and the last two games were horrendous. Uh, just ugly, awful, bad baseball. We'll get to that later. But nobody lost this weekend. There was a oh, split. Oh, actually, actually not true. Actually not true. Because if you check out the tote board, you will see that I am another notch ahead because somebody <laughs> did lose this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Sorry about that. Old Miss State basketball wins. State Mm -hmm. wins a series. Southern Miss wins a series. But neither fan base is particularly like jazzed up about how they looked. Although State's pitching was good. Old Miss splits with Hawaii. That's technically not losing. Although thirteen point one combined innings from starters in four games. That is uh, yeah, thirteen and third. Not 13 and a 10. That's not exactly a recipe that's going to uh, get you a Michelin star. But uh, there, there wasn't much, like, losing didn't really happen that much around here, and yet everybody's just kind of like, ah, that weekend was a little ugly. Bumpy was a good word. Yeah. That was a really, really good word to uh, to describe the weekend. So you have Ole Miss split with Hawaii. State wins two out of three against Air Force. Southern Miss wins two out of three against Marist. Ole Miss beats... Um, Missouri by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. Mississippi State beats Arkansas by the hair of its chinny-chin-chin. That is twice now. Who was the other one against, hey, Dad? Um, Was it Georgia? Where my opponent... Double digits. uh, It may not have been Georgia. It was somebody else. Where an opponent had the basketball with less than a minute left and didn't even get a shot off to either try and tie or take the lead. It wasn't it, it, it Auburn? It Georgia? Had to be Auburn. May have been the, well, I was there for the Auburn game. I feel like it was one where yeah, I was but they only won by six, so. watching it. Yeah, uh, anyway, State has the ability to lock you down with a lead really, really, really late in the game. And they've done that a couple of times at home this, uh, this year. I felt like State got got Arkansas's best shot, kind of their best punch. Yeah, you were there, you saw it all. You, yeah, what'd you see? Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, yeah, and this is something that happened when State played Ole Miss. When when a, when these teams have a, a player, we call them the rat, that 
you know, averages five, six points a game, and then all of a sudden they're off for 16, 20 points a game, and, and that's what they have with Makai Mitchell. You know, 21 points, just a, just a really good game for him. Um, and that's really what kept them in it in the second half and got them when they had the lead there. State was just having trouble with Tolu Smith on the bench uh, in foul trouble, uh, just containing him. Um, and there was foul trouble for everybody in that game. You know, Arkansas had three guys foul out. State had four with four fouls when the final whistle blew. Uh, a very tightly called game. Hubbard got his second foul call, I think, at the 17-minute mark uh, of the first half. I mean, it, it was tight in that game, but State was able to – and State was poor on the free throw line. They could have won this game very easily, but they were 19 of 32 from the free throw line. They just That's just a bugaboo for them. They cannot figure it out. Um, but Josh Hubbard, SEC Freshman of the Week, he delivers once again, and then Cam Matthews. Cam Matthews is like I don't know like the NBA equivalent of him, but he he is he is the the straw that's kind of stirs the drink for Mississippi State. Yeah, when he plays well, State is really really tough to beat. And he had seventeen and ten in this game, um, and I mean, and wasn't credited with a steal, but his hands were on the basketball a lot. Maybe he just made some plays, and but he, when he's playing well, they're just such a tough team to beat. I would argue that we used to see more of Cam Matthews in college basketball. He is yeah, playing, for sure. He's playing his best basketball of his entire career in his senior season. Go figure. Yeah. It's like and, and, it's like when you're in college basketball, you're better as a sophomore than you were as a freshman, better as a junior than you were as a sophomore, and theoretically your senior year should be your best year. And you develop and you continue to grow and you get stronger and you've seen more. And it's almost like that process has worked for Cam Matthews, but so many guys don't make it to a senior year, especially in one place. State, the, the two best teams of the modern era for Mississippi State had a guy like Cam Matthews. They had okay. Russell Walters on the Final Four team. They had Brandon Vincent on the 2004 SEC champion team. And just these guys who they do every bit of the dirty work, and they can give you some points by cleaning up that dirty work every now and then. Those kind of guys are valuable. You know, you're going to have a Hubbard on your team. You're going to have a Tolu Smith, a guy who can get you points inside and outside. That's obviously, you got to have those guys to be successful. But you've got to have a guy like Cam Matthews. State really has two of those guys, but DJ Jeffries has been hurt. Uh, tried to go through it on Saturday, played three minutes, and told Jans, he said, I can't. So it's not working, so let's get, let me get, get out of here. Uh, Jans said he was proud of him, said he, you know, he gutted it out, tried to go, and just realized he couldn't do it. Um, didn't want to hurt the team. I don't think it set him back any. I just think that he, they tried it and they, he wasn't ready. But when they, you know, it, it kind of hurts that sometimes about Jeffries. He's just taking a day off either. Right, right, right. Jeffries and Matthews, you know, they, they, they're not, Great scores, but they do all the other stuff. They set up Hubbard, they set up Tolu, and then they'll set up Shaq Moore every now and then. Shaq Moore only had nine points, but he didn't miss a shot. I think he needs to shoot more if he's going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. give, give it a try. Not a not a terrible. Although there were times this year where you're like, hey, stop shooting the ball. So Yeah. Wait, is Cam Matthews not a senior? He has a COVID year. He could be back next year. Oh, so he could come back as a fifth year. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not that he can be any more of a grown man than he already is, but a fifth-year Cam Matthews in college basketball at the same place? 
That's that I've is been, something to think about. I was thinking today about my Connerly ballot, and I'm not going to vote Cam Matthews first, but if I got to put three guys on there, that would be a heck of an accomplishment. I mean, don't don't I need to? I, I, I mean, feel like he, he has an I opportunity. Mean, uh, he had, like, you think he's going to do a great job at tight end, or you, you're just going to vote early, or what? Or I say Connerly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- we t- I was talking he with might uh, be Stephon nasty coming about off that. the edge. <laughs> we said that Cam Matthews, if he went out for football, there's like six positions he could play. He could be a linebacker, an edge. He could be a tight end or a running back. He could be really, really good. No, okay, my there's my Howell ballot. The, Michael Goler. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I was going to yeah. go back. You remember Jeremy Parnell? At Jeremy Parnell. Yeah. At he Ole was Miss, like yeah. six yeah. seven, six eight. Played at about two. He played in the NFL, feet. didn't he? Never yeah. played a snap of college football, or maybe his last year he went out and was on the team, and then yeah. had like a seven-year NFL career. Yeah, Michael Goler was a four-year player for Mississippi State basketball, and then his senior year, or his last year, he had another year of eligibility, just went out for the football team and was a starting free safety. I mean, it, it happens. My how ballot, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to put him on there or not, but he deserves consideration for sure. Yeah, think about that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I don't have yeah. an issue with that. Yeah. It's been the most consistent player for Mississippi State this year. Yeah. Who would you put there from Ole Miss? Matt Morell. Morell. Yeah. I, I, we're all on the same page there. So, like, right now, I, I got three spots and I, I got four guys. And it's three from State and, and Morrell from Ole Miss. And Cam is, is is probably fourth. But Tolu, although Tolu's only played half the season, so I don't know if I want to go there or not. And yeah. right now my number one's Hubbard. He, he's, he, he's my Howell winner right now. Over Morrell? Yeah. Why? I think he's the best player in the state. Like eye test or numbers? I test for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, numbers. I know morales are better. I'm, I'm, I haven't presented my ballot in. I want. I want to. I want to see this game Wednesday, and see if, if Morrell has a huge game. He might move to the top. And if if Tolu or wait, what's or the deadline? Hubbard has a huge game. I, I saw an email about it today. I haven't it's, read it yet though. It's uh, it's Monday. It's next Monday. Oh, we're not playing out the season. No. Nah. That doesn't make a lick of sense. No, you, you have to turn in your final. You have to turn in your finalist. I've ever heard. I'm sorry. I'm and like, then I'm, you vote. Oh, well, then you vote for your finalist. Yeah, and then you vote. Okay. Then they'll have okay. the the next vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've turned in my finalist by by then. Sure. I have three finalists to send in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fine with fine. I thought you were telling me we were doing the final vote with six games left in the regular season. No, 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 no. Okay. Not the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just the dumbest guy I've ever heard explaining it. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I don't really think you were dumb. It's just a Monday, so it felt like a good time to get a little jab in. In the shipping lanes with the freighters 
fine. Are you mad at Words me? Words don't hurt me. I've, I've never really, I've never actually really been mad at you in our five year uh, plus relationship here. I'm trying to think, have I ever been genuinely angry with you? Borky has. I don't know if I have been. Borky's mad at everybody. Doesn't count. I well, know he's not. He lives his life angry. Lives his life angry. Well, that's not true. See, you're you're, you're getting mad right now. That's just calm true. down. And when he says that, you're not overreacting. True, he's lying. Calm down, Borky. Jeez, God. I did have the strangest have interaction today with a guy. Uh, had to had to uh, pick up groceries early this morning, and walking out of the grocery store, and he's this guy's walking in. And I've got a jacket and shorts on because I'm going to be outside for 15 seconds walking from the car to the grocery store. And little man had off school today, so he was with me. And he is in this stage where he says hey to everybody. He's just the sweetest little kid, just hey to everybody he walks by. And he says hey to this guy. And this guy looks at him and goes, hey, you know, maybe you can tell your dad to uh, not wear shorts when it's this cold outside. And I was like. I said, I'm fine, thank you, and just walked away. But, like, the audacity Borky of has, this man. Borky has more interactions at the grocery store where he leaves angry with the way other people parent, with how people talk with him, with stuff that happens no, in the checkout it, line. I'm, see, but I'm not even angry at this guy. I'm just, he was he was an older, not not an old man, but an older man, so I just kind of let it slightly. You know, he's just kind of a weirdo. But why, why do you think that you could talk? To a four-year-old about his dad in, in such a manner. And it was like 55 degrees, man. I had shorts and a jacket on. Like, I was fine. What, what are you doing? It was so Maybe bizarre. Maybe he was just being pleasant. Maybe he just thought he was making friendly banter in the parking lot. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, it, and you it, took it, it personally and got angry. I've, just, I've been thinking about it all day. It's like, would I ever say that to somebody, a stranger? Would I ever? I hope, like, if I'm starting to talk like that to strangers in my life, put me down. I'm done. I don't want to live life like that. I'm done. So sensitive. Wow. Ugh. I don't. I think he's the opposite of sensitive on on that part, though. He's like, you know, if you don't, I, I'm like that too. If I, I see I see people doing stuff sometimes, and I'm just like, if I am ever doing that, yeah. I just just I'm just going to drive off a cliff. Like I, I don't want to be alive anymore. If I'm telling another man how to dress, just go ahead and end it because I, I went That's wrong a good one, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You wear whatever you want, whenever you want well, to, and I'm not going to think twice about it. Just wear whatever you want. Don't, I don't we care. all know at least one so, person who basically never wears pants? Like, and I'm that guy. Shorts. I hate wearing pants. Yeah, but you There's wear pants to work all the time. Okay. Like, I, I have to. I used to be. I used to be. I, when I worked at the pizza place, I could wear shorts. I wore shorts literally every day. It's hot in the pizza place. There's an oven right there. Yeah. And so I would wear shorts. It didn't matter what it was outside. I was always wearing shorts. I had a guy one time on Twitter, I tweeted out a picture of myself, and he was like, do you own another shirt? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're wearing that shirt and that picture you took with Robbie at the basketball game. I had been wearing that shirt 11 months earlier. It was a game from a previous season that there was a picture of me tweeted out. And I was like, I mean, I was just dumbfounded that somebody remembered that happening. And I was like, are you, are you being serious? I can't wear the same shirt twice in a year? Like, what kind of closet do you have, man? And then I blocked Richard, and I was fine after that. Yeah, it's funny you say that, because not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, 
Um, as part of the sermon on Sunday morning to illustrate a point that he was making about how we're all, to some degree, self-absorbed, he's like, you know, yeah. like when you look in the closet and you're like, oh, I can't wear that dress today. I wore it last Sunday. Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows but you what you wore to church last Sunday. And the person that knows, yeah. you don't want the, you don't you don't need to yeah. care about what they think anyway. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, Lassie says he wears shorts uh, every day of the year, year-round, lives in North Mississippi. My legs just don't get cold. My arms and, and upper body do, but I can, like, that was fine today. Not a problem. Yeah. yeah. I got a buddy that, like, even when he goes skiing, he wears shorts. Now, not on the slopes. He wears ski pants on the slopes, but, like, he's in Colorado or Montana or Wyoming or Utah, wherever he is skiing. And he just wears shorts the whole time he's there, other than when he's actually skiing. So that's what, you know, some people do. Um, hey, you were talking about Cam Matthews a second ago. We got an interesting comp on the text line. It said Cam Matthews mm-hmm. is Mississippi State's Murphy Holloway. And what I said during the break, and this is true, you pick any good team, not, not a team that's like, you know, 91 UNLV or something, right, where everybody's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Not a team like that, but a good team like a Mississippi, whenever Mississippi State, whenever Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama, they they have a guy like this. They have a guy that plays defense, that gets rebounds, that cleans up after everybody. That's a leader. They that's a hallmark of a good team. A good inside score, a good outside score, and this guy. You know, you go back to that. Like I mentioned, that '96 team, right? You've got Daryl Wilson. You've got Eric Dampier. And you've got Russell Walters is that guy. The 04 team. You've got Timmy Bowers. You've got Lawrence Roberts. And Brandon Vincent is that guy. And I mean, you can, you can, you sort of had that in, in the 08 09 team with State. You had Jamont Gordon. You had Charles Rhodes. You had Dietrich Slater was that guy. So those are, that's what those teams have is they have this guy who fills a bunch of roles, who can play most positions on the court, who can defend anybody on the court. And and doesn't really care about anything except winning. That's what Cam Matthews is. We get qu- another question on the ceasefire text line. This is about Chris Beard and Ole Miss. How how much does Chris Beard's lack of college playing experience impact his in game adjustments? I I don't think it does at all. Um, Chris Beard made the adjustment on Saturday. Now he did not do it in the first half of the game, but Ole Miss was shooting it. He was asked about it after the game, if that was a conscious decision in the second half to be more aggressive, and he didn't answer it exactly the way the question was asked, but basically he was like, yeah, it was two different games. You know, the the three ball kept us in it in the first half. We were making a bunch of threes. You know, we were shooting it well from the perimeter, and so we didn't really adjust, but we knew long range. We didn't get to the free throw line, and so we attacked the basket in the second half. They got 30 free throw attempts in the second half. So I think he made the adjustment, but I think he chose to kind of ride it out until they could fully implement what they wanted to do differently and kind of explain why and how they were going to go about doing that as just as opposed to just Guys, you got to start attacking. Well, you also had Morrell hit three threes in the first half, and Murray hit a couple also, mm-hmm. and it kept him in the game. And it was only a three point game at the half. Yeah, then it kind of ballooned on him quickly. My my question is, and this is a very elementary question, and, and again, you called it, so you may have a better answer than me. Maybe Missouri schemed it well, but I look at how Matt Morrell played and how he's played really all season, mm-hmm. and how 
efficient he is at scoring at multiple levels, right? Like he, he's been a really good three-point shooter this year. His mid-range game has been good. He, he's a multi-level scorer. He's a really high-quality player. Why is he taking the third most shots on the team in any game? Why is he only taking 10 shots instead of 20? I just, I, I see, especially when I watch the NBA, and I know it's a totally different game, but but when you've got a guy that is a team's best scorer who starts a game the way Matt Morrell started, and it's every possession set for him, get him to a spot, get him a shot. And I kept thinking, Morrell's on fire, and he's not getting any shots up. Why not? Do you know what his second half numbers were? I would love to hear it. He was 4 of 4 from the field, 3 of 3 from behind the arc, and 6 of 8 from the free throw line in the second half, and he played all 20 minutes. See, but- in, the, in the first half, he was 3 of 6 from behind the arc. Interestingly enough, he hit his first three threes and missed his second three threes in the first half, and then he didn't miss another shot from the field the rest of the game. So in the second half, he's taken four shots. He's your best player. He's your best scorer. He can score at different levels. And he's on fire, and he only gets 10 shots. And so, like, I was recording the podcast this morning, and I I know how elementary that sounds. Like, if, if I sat next to a whiteboard with Chris Beard, he would speak a different language than the one I speak. I mean, that, that's how different it is. But, man, why is that 10, not 20? Ole Miss only took 21 shots in the second half. They all should have been Matt Morrell. Every yeah. single one of them. Flanagan was four of seven in the second half. Juju Murray was two of three in the second half. Breakfield went one of four. Ole Miss only attempted four three-point shots in the second half of that game after taking 17 in the first half. And they were in it at halftime because they hit eight of those 17 threes in the first half. Ole Miss only... This is mind-boggling. Hey, Dad, you got to listen closely to this one. Okay. Ole Miss made 11 shots in the first half. Eight of them were threes. They only had three made two-point baskets in the first half wow. of the game. That's 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 a crazy heck of a stat. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't hear that very often. Yeah, Morrell hit uh, six for the game, six threes for the game, six of nine from behind the arc, seven of ten from the field in thirty-six minutes. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. The numbers from the net, the net rankings from the NCAA, which factors in how heavily, uh, seems to vary from year to year, but certainly does factor in with the selection committee. 
Ole Miss is currently at 65 in the net. Mississippi State's 38. 38 is a great spot to be. It's a really, really good. If you're in the top 50, you're you're in good shape going into Selection Sunday. Ole Miss got some work to do. The opportunities in front of Ole Miss, so they play Missouri again on the road, still going to be a quad four game. They've got Georgia on the road, which will be a quad four game. They have South Carolina at home. That'll be a quad two. South Carolina, depending on what South Carolina does between now and then. Um, South Carolina is currently 58 in the net. Mississippi State is 38. So Ole Miss has a quad one opportunity at Mississippi State. Texas A&M at home is a quad two game. Wait, you said Missouri and Georgia are both quad four? What are their nets? Uh, Georgia's 148. That'll be three. Mm-mm. Quad four, according to the NCAA's website, away is 135 to two, or quad three is 135 to 240. Okay, I got you. I was only thinking about the quad one metrics. So, okay, so that's a three. And Missouri's? Georgia, is Georgia a two? So you said Georgia's net was 140, right? No, it's 98. That would be a quad two. Okay. So Missouri quad, three, Georgia two. Okay. Quad one opportunity at, at Mississippi State. Quad two game with South Carolina at home. That's right. A&M would be a quad two. Um, what's State's remaining schedule? Hey, Dad, do you have that in front of you? Or do you know it off the I top just of know your it. head? Uh, six, yeah. six games so left State, for State. State has quad two with Ole Miss, then quad two at LSU. Quad one with Kentucky at home, quad one at Auburn, quad one at Texas A&M, quad two South Carolina. So they got some real opportunities here in these last six games. Yeah. But that's not an easy schedule down the stretch either. No, but I'm not stretching them. If if they can, it's going to be tough to win the home games because there's Kentucky in there. Yeah. But if they can win the home games, it's going to be tough with Ole Miss and South Carolina. I'm not, you know, don't don't put them down. But if they can win their home games, they're they're in. No questions asked. You're safe on Selection Sunday. You're just worried about where you're seated. Saturday. I think it's probably it. more likely. I was going to say it's probably more likely that they they. I think they can go to A and M and win, and maybe drop to Kentucky. But we'll see. Man, Kentucky's hot right now too. Zoolander. Yeah. And and what do you get at A and M? You know, do you get the yeah. A&M team that looks unbeatable or do you get the A&M team that lost by 20 at Bama? Alabama is a buzzsaw right now. They're playing really well. Um, it's a fun style of play, too. I know that doesn't mean anything. Is. Just win, and that's all that matters. But the way they win is fun. It is. It really, really is. I mean, they're the best shooting team or one of the best shooting teams in the country. Florida wins at Georgia by six. Mississippi State wins at home by four over Arkansas. LSU probably pulls the shocker of the day um, with the 64-63 win at South Carolina. The closing 30 seconds of that game were wild. Kentucky goes to Auburn. They win by 11. And it really it never felt like, I mean, Auburn threatened, but every time they threatened, Kentucky made a shot. And so is this Kentucky 
in your mind, what we think Kentucky is now? Have they have they blossomed into a team that like should make a run in the tournament, class of the SEC, et cetera, or are they not there yet? Well, it depends on whether or not they continue to play the way they have for the last week. They have been better defensively. They have rebounded better. They're winning 50-50 balls, and they're making shots. And when they do those things, they're really hard to beat. But when they're kind of ho-hum on the defensive end and not really getting after it on the boards and not really going after the loose balls, they're very beatable. Hey, Dad, you remember we asked Bruce when we talked with him on Friday if he um, was inclined to lay the 21.5 points that Tennessee was laying to Vanderbilt, and he was not? Should have been. Uh, Tennessee won by 35 at home over Vanderbilt. And then a lot of people got gotten yesterday on uh, Twitter with the like big orange crush Twitter account that made a Vanderbilt um, graphic said Vanderbilt was parting ways with Jerry Stackhouse and they wish Jerry all the best in the oh, future. Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, goodness yeah, gracious. There are a lot of people that got got oh, from that one. Just wait a few weeks. It'll be accurate. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Winners and losers. That's coming up to start the 4 o'clock hour with you when we come back to Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. was a beauty from South Alabama. Her daddy had a heart like a nine-pound hammer. Think he even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV, and on your supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us. Happy President's Day. If you're off today, congratulations. If you're working today, we're right there with you. Right Right there with you. I know it's. I know we're about to get into winners and losers, but I want the text line to help us with something. Richard okay. and Porky probably won't remember this because he's he's a little too young. When we were kids, though, this mm-hmm. was Washington's birthday, right? This wasn't President's Day. You had Washington's birthday, and then you had Lincoln's birthday a little further down in the month, and you got Washington's birthday off, but it was just called Washington's birthday. Is that accurate? Um. Well, his actual birthday was February 22nd. Yeah, but it was always just like the first, the third Monday of the month or whatever. I think. Maybe it was actually on his birthday. I don't know. But I used to, I think, I remember celebrating Washington's birthday, not President's Day. Have I been Mandela affected here? Yeah. I kind of feel like George Washington deserves his own day. I mean, he's a pretty significant figure in our country's history. The guy. I'm not sure that he should yeah. have to sell it with um, a lot of the other yeah. Schmiller presidents through the years. Yeah. 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 No offense to the Whig Party, but you know. So Lincoln's birthday is February uh, February 12th. Okay, maybe it was the other way around then. You had Lincoln's birthday and then Washington's birthday. I don't know. 
I was trying to see if there was um, like a point where it changed. And anyway, I mean, I guess celebrating George Washington and Abraham Lincoln together is. I'm getting a couple people saying I'm correct, so I guess I'm correct. Okay, I have I have no issue with that. Better uh, better memory. Than I. All I know is that my six year old was um, pretty frustrated yesterday afternoon, and I didn't know that she knew anything about President's Day. When she was like, "Hey, my friend doesn't have to go to school tomorrow. It's President's Day." I was like, "You have to go to school tomorrow." She's like, "No." She she and and her friend didn't understand. She's like, "No, we don't have school tomorrow." I was like, "You don't go to the same school." We got a week off, unexpected, because of snow. The second, like the week after you went back to school, you only have to make up one of those days, and it's tomorrow. Sorry, you're going to school. There she you. was she was none too pleased. Uh, oh. Nevertheless, uh, she did go to school today, and all was right with the world. Uh, let's get to winners and losers. All I, all I, all I, all I do is win. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? That's how we classify winners and losers. And we've got plenty, plenty to get to. Plenty of options. Uh, I don't think either of you will steal mine, so I will cede the opening winner to uh, one of you two. Feel free. Borky, give me a winner. <sighs> Parker Bird. No! Ha! All right, you're fired. Uh, I want to talk <laughs> about Parker Bird. Go for it. This can be a co-winner. I was convinced... Uh, that this was one that would like be off the radar. You should have let me go. You knew I wasn't going to say that. You should have let me go. Parker Bird is a sophomore at East Carolina. And on Friday night with East Carolina up big over Ryder, in the bottom of the eighth inning, he was a pinch hitter and got a ridiculously rousing ovation from the crowd there in Greenville, and deservedly so. Because Parker Bird became the first Division I baseball player to ever bat with a prosthetic leg. That's cool. That's right. Five-pitch walk, took a first-pitch strike, and then four in a row missed out of the zone, and he jogged down to first base. So, why does he have a prosthetic leg? Well, after his senior year in high school, before he started school at East Carolina, he was involved in a serious boating accident. And most of the stories you read, Borky... See, I even did research on this. Most of the stories you read simply say he was involved in a serious, life-threatening boating accident. I was like, what was the accident? So I kept digging, and I finally found a story from Sporting News that explains what happened. He and a friend were being pulled on a tube behind a boat, and they were thrown from the tube. Happens all the time. And the friend got on the boat. And as Parker Bird was getting back toward the boat, the rope got caught in the motor, and it I guess he was holding onto the rope or was there close or the rope wrapped around his leg or something, but it pulled him into the motor under the boat. 
serious, serious damage to his right leg. Left leg had some scrapes. They got him on the boat. Another boat came along. They tried to kind of use some T-shirts to stop the bleeding. Another boat came along that happened to have a nurse on it, and she applied further tourniquet measures. They got him to the marina, and then he was airlifted to ECU's medical school hospital there in Greenville. And he went through 15 surgeries in just a few days, and in the 15th surgery they said, you're going to have to have your leg amputated. It's going to be a below-the-knee amputation, we hope. They were concerned that because of muscle stuff, it might up being above the knee. In all, over a, oh, Borky, what was it? Over a 52-day period, he went through 22 surgeries in 54 days. And he said the first 15 felt like they happened every single day. And um, Cliff Godwin was, was one of the first people to meet him at the hospital. They have stood by him all along the way through his recovery process, and he was convinced that he was going to get back to baseball, and on Friday night he did. It was incredible. It's unreal. I mean, you want to talk about perseverance and just a great story. And as I was reading it, I was like, Oh, there's so many things that happened there that should never have happened. Just public service announcement. I'm not talking down. I'm just, this is just, it's good for me to say this out loud and hear it out loud. If you were on a lake and you were pulling people behind the boat, turn the motor off when you stop. Every single time. Every time especially if people are getting back into the boat. But just do it every time, and it doesn't matter. You pull up to pick people up after they fell off skis, kill the motor while they're getting back on, because there's so much bad that can happen. Usually it doesn't, thankfully, but can. Just kill the motor every time. And that's a reminder for myself as well. So, public service announcement over. Borky, do you have a secondary winner? Yeah, so included in the activity. <laughs> college baseball is pretty incredible, right? Because it, none of them are going to be as good. But go no. ahead. Uh, no, honestly, I'm I'm having a little fun with this one. Uh, okay, because uh, Northeastern was at Arizona, and these college baseball games all over the country they have broadcasters that that work really hard and, and try to give great calls in great moments, and it's all really really cool. And you had one of those this weekend. This is the top of the ninth. Northeastern, tie game, top of the ninth at Arizona, and this is what it sounded like. It's an effective way to defend your opponent as Lane drills this one to left field, and that ball is out of here. A solo home run, first of the season for Alex Lane on the first offering from Trevor Lawn. And it is 8-7. to seven. Northeastern back in front. An electric factory. <laughs> I was I hurt my stomach laughing at this call. Can we get That's my guy rough. a cup of coffee? <laughs> Wake Red up, Bull? man. Look alive. What are you doing? It's the top of the ninth inning. Mm. Home run to take the lead in the top of the ninth inning. 
Mm. It's like uh, Marty on Major League. Fly ball. Caught. I mean, it's like he was calling the funeral procession for uh, a British royal or something. Uh, hey, Dad, you want to squeeze in a winner before the break? I'll throw in Mississippi State softball. They had a streak last week, mm. four straight ranked wins, uh, including a win over uh, Clemson and Utah on this past Saturday, and they've jumped into the top 25. They're 18th uh, overall. So Coach Ricketts, you know, they had the great year two years ago uh, when they went to the Super Regional. Last year there was a little bit of a down year. And now it looks like this year they're they're on their way back to uh, to postseason play, at least in the early going. Long way to go between now and then, but yeah, really, really yeah. good start, really good start. All right, we'll pick it up. Winners and losers. We'll talk about some losers. We'll get to some of yours on the ceasefire text line. And what? Chris Lamonis when we come but back. First, Chris Lamonis we'll joins us on the other side of this timeout. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and on your Supertalk local stations. Thanks for being with us. The opening weekend of the college baseball season is in the books, and that means it's time for us to start, and, and it's a little disjointed this week. Uh, we'll get into our regular Monday schedule. One of the cool things that we've been able to do for the last few years, because the coaches in the state of Mississippi have been willing to do it, is visit with the head coaches at uh, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss on Mondays during the season. Chris Lamonis joins us on this uh, this first Monday after a weekend series, and I just say to start, Coach, we really appreciate you doing this each week. It's fun for us. I think fans enjoy uh, hearing from you as well. So thanks for making us part of your Mondays. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, you know, this gets across our entire state, so it's good to get out to all our fans and uh, let them hear about the program. So welcome back to baseball season, a, a series win, and I'd love to start with, we were watching it on the live stream while we were on the air on Friday afternoon, um, record opening day crowd, over 11,000 at the ballpark. How cool is it to, new season starts, weather cooperates, and you walk out and you look at that, it's like, holy cow, they're everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot It's a lot of fun. You know, for my new guys, it's probably a little nervous, they uh, <laughs> walk out there and the whole place changes overnight, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's why you come to play here. And uh, I thought the guys came out and played great. Our, our our administration, you know, having Air Force in town and the flyovers and the military appreciation, it just made for a really cool week. So weekend, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Big picture thoughts on the weekend. You win game one, uh, you lose game two, and then you come back and and win game three in pretty dominating fashion. Just your thoughts, big picture on the opening weekend. I'm pleased. You win the weekend against a, you know, a team that's got a chance to be in a regional. Um, but you're also disappointed because, you know, not just the end of the game on Saturday, but we just didn't play good. I mean, we got a phenomenal start, and that's the, that was the positive of Saturday from Cal Steven, and he's been doing that to our hitters. Um, he's been really good, but, you know, we just had some base running blunders. And, you know, we're facing a guy who's probably under bat speed all day, which is sometimes tougher. Um, but we just ran ourselves out of some innings finally get the lead and then we we give it up in the ninth so um that's the down part of the weekend but man there's so many positives the kids responded on sunday came out Durangelo pitched great and, and i thought we got our offense going 
and uh, got to see some new arms get out there and get their feet wet. Coach, the stat that stood out to me the most was the walks this weekend. Only nine walks in, in three games. You go back a season ago in the loss to VMI on Saturday, you walked 12 guys just in that one game alone. You know How good did it feel to see what I know you've been seeing in practice translate to those games? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, we're uh, Coach Parker's done a great job with those guys, and and they're they're really bought in right now, and they're they're confident. They're they're pitching good. They're feeling good, and uh, they're going out there. And you got to beat us, you know. You got to beat us, you know. Beat one of those guys. You got to get a couple hits in a row because uh, they're coming at you, and they're taking a lot of pride in it. You know, a little bit on Sunday, we had all those new guys out there. We had. Uh, you know, they were kind of trying to find the strike zone. They were still having success, and, and, and he's all over them, which I love. You know, just the standard <laughs> set, and you got to meet the standards, which was uh, a lot of fun to see on Sunday. Chris, what do you expect the identity to be of this, this year's team? I don't know yet. You know, we spoke about that this morning. You know, um, I don't know if it's, you know, I felt like we were, uh, we have some veteran guys, but we have a lot of new guys, and I think you grow into that. You know, and I, that's part of this preseason as we build up the SEC play. Is we got to figure out who we are. I think we're a pretty blended team. You know, I think we, you know we got a chance to pitch and have some depth there, play good defense, and um, we can do some different things to you offensively. But you know, who are the personalities? You know, who are the who are the guys? I mean, obviously DJ's a, a big personality, but you know, who are the other guys that you know we're going to get out there and 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 mold together as a really good offensive group. And we've, you know, we got a couple of guys out for a couple of days here. I don't think very long, but, you know, we had at, at times three starters out this weekend, you know, in our offensive lineup. So hopefully we're, we're starting to get some of those guys back. Coach, I thought on Saturday Kyle Steven gave you as impressive a pitching performance as we've seen in the, in the past couple of years. You know, coming from the transfer portal, coming from Purdue, you, you never know what you're going to get until you could put those guys out there. Is that what you expected to see from him, or was he even maybe a little bit better than you thought he'd be? He was a little bit better. You know, I mean, it's uh, it was, you know, the portal's a crapshoot in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's very good, and you can get some guys. What we got with Kyle is he's talented, but he is really tough and hardworking, and, and when you get those guys that come to a place like ours with all the resources we have and Coach Parker, you know, they, they've, you know, he's gotten better since he got here in September, you know, and I think, I think that's something you're seeing, but, you know, what, you know, we only see him in two or three innings spurts in the fall and the spring, and, you know, you look up and it's seven innings and he's throwing harder than he did all day, and he's, you know, he's got more ego and attitude out there in the seventh than he did in the first. I mean, he just, it was just really impressive to watch him. And, you know, hopefully he can just keep stacking those weeks, you know, on top of each other. Um, you mentioned a couple of guys that, that may be out just for a, a little bit of time. We saw on Friday, I guess it was Kohler at, at third base, kind of trying to reach back and make that tag and ended up having to come out of the game. He had a hit and had driven in a run. Is that anything that is serious, or do you think you get him back in relatively short order? I think we'll have him back pretty hopefully. Knock on wood, we'll have him back in short time. He's he's already moving around, starting to swing a bat, do some stuff. So I don't I don't think it's I don't I'm knock on wood. Hopefully it's nothing major. You know his was he made a great play in the first inning to save a run too. So he's an but he's an older kid. He's just mature and 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 just you know he's been out there before. So we need him back. Hopefully we'll have him back here. I'm hoping by the weekend. So. So midweek game against Austin P, a couple of them, and then you get Georgia Southern coming in this weekend. Uh, th- this time of year, where it's 
weekend series and either one or two midweek games. You just kind of roll it through over the next two or three weeks. What, what are you trying to accomplish? What do you need to see? What do you want to see beyond winning games? Yeah, um, you know, it's, your offense get rolling. You know, like being able to to be able to steal bases, to be able to run the bases better after this past weekend. We'll we'll spend a lot of time there. But also, it's, it's a lot of pitching roles and, and figuring out who's what and and whose stuff really translates to the mound during the game. I think that's a big piece. We still have some guys that didn't pitch this weekend, you know, and so trying to get some guys back in there and, and build that staff so it's ready to handle those SEC weekends. I think that's the biggest piece for us is is piecing together all those things. Coach, you got two games in the midweek. You announced uh, just a few minutes ago Evan Sierra will go for you on Tuesday, and then Old Reliable TBD on uh, on uh, on Wednesday. He'll he'll pile up a lot of <laughs> innings for you this year, I'm sure. Is it? I assume though, it's going to be a whole staff kind of approach, and you'll try to see as many guys as you can all, in these two games. Yeah, all, all this. You know, Austin P brings back like six hit. Like it seems like the first couple teams were playing bring back a lot of hitters. You know, I think Georgia Southern's probably a little more pitching than, than hitting, but Austin P, you know, they had a real offensive weekend, some older hitters in that lineup. So, uh, you know, and, and with Coach Parker, I, you know, he really made sense this morning. He wants to see him before he announces another guy. So, um, you know, we see him on, on computer, but um, he spends a lot of time watching their MVP and, and trying to figure them out. So, you know, we'll have a little bit better idea. But we're, we're trying to, you know, you don't want to go too far with anybody, so you have them for the weekend. So, um, but you're trying to, you know, like right now they don't matter in terms of, you know, you, you got to win. They're all non-conference. So win the one, the first one, and then worry about the second one. And then, you know, kind of go from there. And then when we get to the weekend, the same thing. So um, you're just trying to win, the, win every game you can. Chris, 12 in a row at home to start the year. You don't leave the state of Mississippi. Uh, you got the game in Pearl, a couple of games on the coast uh, before you jump into league play. And then that first SEC series is a true road series where you go to Baton Rouge. What were you trying to accomplish with the way that you built this schedule and obviously you built the schedule, but is is this is it the way to do it where you play everything at home and don't go on the road a lot before it starts? Well, he's it shaking his head. I may have asked a bad question. No, no, no. no LSU is here is the only thing. Yeah. That's right. And it, the decision was is either we have to take away our Biloxi and some of our Pearl or because we're traveling too much in the past years because we're, we're doing a weekend on the road and we're going on the road more than, more than anybody else in our league the last couple of years. So, you know, we kind of figure the, the Pearls and the Biloxi's because, you know, we get out of here, we're gone for about three days and we go to Biloxi. That's a real road trip for us. You know, we're spending the night, we're we're down there, and I just—they're they're too valuable for us. I'd, I'd rather play down there in front of our fans and do. And hey, some years we'll travel and, and move around, but um, you, you start adding those four games on the, in the pro parks in our state, and then you got a weekend, and it gets to be—you know—you start climbing up there, and you're looking up, and you're playing two or three more SEC, more road games than SEC schools in some places. So hmm. that was kind of the, the thought process, and I felt like this team needed to get going. And you know, playing—you know—the thing about our place is. Nowhere we go is bigger, you know, like in terms of, so you, you're learning to play in a big ballpark. You're learning, yes, obviously the fans are on your side, but, um, you know, but you go to some places, you know, it's, it's, they get used to playing in a big atmosphere every day here. So um, that was the mindset. We'll go to some tournaments in time and, and may have to pull some of the other stuff back, but that's, you know, like I said, we just, the fan support we get across our state is, it means a lot. 
Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach at Mississippi State. Dogs went two out of three on the opening weekend. They'll get back to it tomorrow and Wednesday against Austin P. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Hell State. Chris Lamonis joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll meet with or we'll visit with Christian Ostrander tomorrow. We'll talk to Mike Bianco next Monday. We're back with you right after this. What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks to Chris Lamonis for joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We uh, we need to pick up on uh, on winners and losers and get some of your submissions on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. Is the number? Did you guys have any other winners that we needed to uh, we needed to knock out before the break? We will then transfer over to losers. It's the name of the game in college sports these days, anyway. Um, I mean, it, it's it, it's the last two games for Ole Miss, Ole Miss baseball in general, the pitching staff, whichever one you want to blame. Uh, that was um, as brutal of a performance as you could listen to. In the last couple of games, because nobody was able to watch it, but um, Hawaii flat out kicked their you know what in the second seven inning game, and then yesterday, Ole Miss was awful with runners in scoring position and runners on base, just awful. Their starters, as we said before, four starting pitchers, thirteen and a third combined innings from the the starters. When you release a hype video talking about how last year was out of character and all you did was get back to work, and this year's going to be different. You, you can't play like that. 14 walks and six errors yesterday against Hawaii. It was brutal. And in a vacuum, losing or splitting a series, I should say, to Hawaii is, it, it happens. Florida got to play one game with St. John's this weekend because of weather. They lost. Vanderbilt lost a game to FAU. It's baseball. Losses. Nearly lost two. Probably should have. Walk off in game one. Probably should have lost two, if we're being totally honest. So so losses happen in baseball. James Madison beat Arkansas the other day. I mean, that, that, that happens. But sports don't happen in a vacuum. And coming off of a disaster 2023 and putting out a sloppy performance like they did in Hawaii, I understand travel. I understand it's one week. All of that is true, but... When you give up the free bases and the errors and don't have a starting pitcher extend uh, themselves into the game at all, fans are rightly deeply, deeply concerned, and they should be. Yeah, I mean, especially with that um, that game yesterday. And I think Ole Miss finished the weekend, what, with like 6 for 54 or 52 with runners on base? Um, that's not good. Hitting only 183 as a team, it, you know, they got to be better. They got to get better in a hurry. 
University of Missouri, especially Missouri Athletics, loser today. Do you guys see that their athletics director, Desiree Reed Francois, elected to leave Mizzou to join Arizona? I think she's got a law degree from Arizona, so there was some connection there. But Missouri's kind of got it going now. I know basketball's been a struggle, and they're 0-12 in the SEC. She was actually at the Ole Miss-Missouri basketball game on Saturday night, came to their shoot-around. I visited with her for a little while on uh, Saturday afternoon and uh, told her congratulations on that $62 million gift that they got. And she couldn't have been any nicer. She's got a son that is a walk-on on the uh, Missouri basketball team. Um, yeah, Jackson Francois doesn't play, but but still, it's it, fine. Yeah, so you know, pr- pretty ingrained. And she signed a five-year deal that will pay her a base salary of a million dollars a year starting out. Goes up to like one point two in the last year. And I think I read that the their foundation will supplement another two hundred and fifty thousand a year. So, I, I, I guess a raise. Maybe she didn't like the Columbia winners. I, I don't know. She did not, by the way, tell me on Saturday when we were visiting that you know she only had two days left on the job at Mizzou. She could, you could have broke that news. That would have uh, that would have been been a big deal. It, it, bizarre yeah. on the surface, it's bizarre. Uh, I mean, Missouri obviously in the SEC. You just mentioned their money has a kid on the basketball team, and Arizona is going to have to do some financial cuts in athletics. I mean, they're like they're they're dealing with. A weird, at best, situation. When I saw that news, I thought, "Is she from Arizona? Like, what's up here?" But so again, does have a degree from there. Um, part of the reason, according to Pete Thamel's story, that she was so attractive to Arizona is because of what she's done financially at Missouri. She's got a reputation as being a great fundraiser and being somebody that's really, really good with the books. Missouri had operated at a deficit in its athletics department for each of the last four years. Uh, this most recent filing year, they posted a $15 million surplus in athletics, and she or her people just secured that $62 million gift, which is the largest private gift uh, ever to Missouri athletics. So, I mean, I get why Arizona would be high on her and certainly would be attractive uh, I saw a little bit of message board online scuttlebutt that, Maybe she was not completely in agreement with their board of curators there. I don't know. But for whatever the reason, Missouri is once again in the market to um, uh, look for a new athletics director. Mac Rhodes left in 2016 to go to Baylor. So she's the second consecutive or the second athletics director in a decade to uh, leave for a Big 12 job. Interestingly enough, Missouri's former conference, but nevertheless. So, um, good for her. I, that feels like it's not a great thing for Mizzou. I don't know what direction they'll go next. No idea. Ross Bjork, not available. Who, at one <laughs> point, worked at Missouri. <laughs> hey, Dad, you got a loser? Yeah, and, you know, I went back and forth, and I wasn't sure if I thought this was something cool or something I don't like, and I finally settled on I don't like it, and it's the NBA All-Star Game. 
I, I thought at first I was like, you know, maybe, yeah, there's no defense, but the, the skill and the shot making is just so good that maybe I should appreciate that. No, no, I can't. I can't get behind it. Uh, 211 points, 211 to 186, I think, is the final. I mean, I could play NBA 2K on rookie and and not rile up 211 points, I don't think. It's just, just too much. I mean, at this point, it's not even an exhibition. You combine that with a slam dunk contest that doesn't have any of the juice that it used to. It, it, it's it's just not, NBA All Star Weekend's kind of a waste at this point, and that's sad because I mean when you were when I was a kid, the slam dunk competition was awesome. The uh, the three point contest, or you know, you knew Larry Bird was going to win, but it was always fun to see how many he would put up put up. And the All Star game, you know, I don't know that it meant anything, but it it, it was fun to watch. And and now. It's just not. It's just not. When when guys are just not trying, nobody wants to pay. Nobody wants to pay for a ticket, especially, but certainly not watch on TV. Scott Van Pelt said it right. He said, "It's pretty simple. If you don't care, either do we." I thought for Scott Van Pelt of all people to tweet that spoke volumes. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and, and I yet that. Uh, uh, that that league has so many problems. You know, Adam Silver just keeps getting parroted as the best commissioner in sports. Best commissioner in sports. Uh, I mean. All-Star games, like, you've never gotten maximum effort like it's Game 7 of the finals or whatever. But, I mean, the the lack of pride in being an All-Star selection was palpable. And the the fact that we are at that point where being an All-Star doesn't matter, like there's no pride in that in any way, is it's really bad for the overall health of, of all sports. The NFL Pro Bowl which is now a flag football game, was more competitive. The players tried harder. And they weren't even playing actual football. It's just, it's it's sad what it's become. No stars want to do anything. Shout out to Steph Curry for at least participating in that challenge with Ionescu. I mean, that, that was something. But did could you name, uh, who was in the dunk contest? A the, the, the guy that won stole I, I a dunk from Trey Mur- Trey Murphy, and he's a G leaguer. I, I mean, what are we doing here? I, I know that uh, that that Jalen Brown was in it. That's all I know. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. It's it's just that the league is failing in so many different points. But hey, best commissioner in sports, things are great. I'm curious to see the ratings today. It's five o'clock. They should be out by now. But there's a reason they're not. They may not be rushing to publish those. They'll uh, they'll come out eventually. Uh, we'll get your winners and losers on the ceasefire text line in a moment. I'll uh, this is going to make Hey Dad uncomfortable, but I'll give you one more winner. A member of the NCAA's committee on infractions has resigned over NCAA policies regarding the participation of transgender athletes. William Bach, the former general counsel of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, told the AP on Friday that the NCAA policies permitting transgender athletes to compete against women are unfair and submitted his letter of resignation. His quote was this, A lot of people have not known how to respond to the smokescreen that says you can just suppress testosterone and that is going to make the playing field level. And the policies that the NCAA and other sports organizations have come up with, which supposedly favor inclusion, actually discriminate. Good for you for standing up in what you believe in, William Bach. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back with you right after this to wrap up the 4 o'clock hour.
is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. You can always listen online, and it's absolutely free, so be sure to check that out. It's convenient for you. Um, some of your winners and losers on the C Spire text line. Can I scroll back for a few of these? Um, there were a couple of you that chimed in on the NBA All-Star game as a loser. Morky, I feel like this is like a personal message to you from Josh. He says, Jerry's still up north someplace. Can't believe he's missing the opening day of baseball season, but it's peaceful around here. Winners, all of us at the shop, because Jerry is in Antler, North Dakota. Guess it makes Michael a winner, too. So I I was confused at first. There is a particular... Guy that works in that shop, I suppose, mm. that texts into the show that hates that I don't love Major League Baseball. And it oh. bothers him to his core that I'm not like diehard Major League Baseball fan like he is. And so, unless I'm giving overt praise about how great baseball is, he takes it as a shot to his gut. And over the, the last couple of years, he's texted me about it. And so apparently he's hunting, and we can talk baseball without me getting the sarcastic message from him. But they all use the same phone to text us, I guess, is the thing. There's six it's different like, voices. It's like a community a, cell phone? Yeah, something like that. It's very confusing, but that that's yeah, the gist of it. It happens. Mm. I love baseball, by the way. I, There's I a response from us on here that took me a second, but I think it's maybe one that I wrote. I think there might have been some dripping sarcasm in my response. Hey, Dad was talking positively about the game of baseball, and they were uh, they were thanking him for that. Um, looks like I responded and said something about Richard always being so freaking negative about college baseball. Yeah. You're just the worst. I know. Uh, somebody says, winter, USM's basketball, they're still competitive with four injured starters and their head coach sideline. Yeah, still playing hard. some adversity surrounding, uh, surrounding that one, uh, surrounding this season for USM. Uh, Jennifer says, winter, all Rebel fans that showed up and stayed all 13 innings in Hawaii. We had a great showing and awesome energy in the stands. Hey, Dan, I thought about you on Friday night slash Saturday morning. I remember on Friday when we were discussing, and you were like, yeah, I might like wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and check the score and then go back to bed. Mm-hmm. As I was sitting there watching that game, and I stuck with it all the way until 3.31 a.m. when the final out was recorded, I thought, what if we've hit that time that Haydad would have had to get up for a uh, – um, a middle-of-the-night bathroom I break. It didn't occur to me, but had it, I would have texted you. You're like, you up? <laughs> this is all I would have said. You up? Watching this? I was. Yeah, I, I um, woke up early Saturday morning, 
And the first thing I see was Michael Borky talking about Raising Canes being overrated. And I was like, my man. Mm. We forced that I on the, the Hawaiians. Charles, they yeah. had the banner behind the home plate of Raising Canes. And I thought, why are we doing this to those great people? Borky, did you fall asleep before it was over? Because you kind of went Twitter silent toward the end of the game. I, I like was dozing for so. sure. I was like kind of in and out and in and out. And so I, uh, um, at that point, I had been drinking coffee. At uh, at that point, I just started trying to just chug water and, and hope that works because I didn't want another cup of coffee, and I still kind of found myself dozing. But I made it. I saw the final out. That was no coffee, no nothing. I just, just watched. Yeah. You know, the, I saw some people making fun of the Hawaii broadcast, by the way. I thought they did a really good job. I mean, they're calling college baseball for, for a local TV station in Hawaii, and they had good energy. Like, all three of them felt like they were happy to be there, you know, they just enjoyed the game, and they certainly, like, tried to know as much as they could about Ole Miss, and I appreciate that. When you watch some of these, including in the SEC, some of these plus broadcasts, it's very clear that the guys in the booth could not possibly give a you-know-what about the opponent. Those guys did not come off that way at all. I thought it was good. Much better than I was expecting it to be. Camera angle stunk, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Might have cost Ole Miss a run, the uh, lack of camera angles. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Dad, there was, a, uh, there was a play in the game in the, oh, I think it was extra innings. It was either, I, I, I don't know when it was. So Ole Miss outfielder runs down a ball, catches it over his, over his shoulder in the edge of the warning track, like a step shy of the wall. Kind of goes into the wall, mm-hmm. throws it back in. Runner for Hawaii is standing on second base. They throw the ball to second base, tag the runner, throw the ball to first base, tag the bag, and the umpires just kind of stand there. It's like, what's, what's going on? It's a double play. And they show a replay, and it's not a good angle replay, but you can tell that as the ball's being caught that the runner's halfway between second and third, and then when the ball comes, or between first and second, and when the ball comes back into the infield, he's standing at second. So there's no way he retreated to first and went all the way to second. Well, the umpires did not make a definitive call, and so after they huddled and reviewed it, they sent the runner back to first base and only gave one out on the play. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you feel it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Have you guys seen this story from uh, Anthony Rendon? Yeah, just doesn't care about baseball. So, it's funny I used him in an analogy just the other day. Anthony Rendon says about baseball, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Um, noted that getting married and having four children has changed his perspective, but he also emphasized that baseball remains a priority, even if it isn't his top priority. He says, oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? 
The only problem with that is that I wonder if the Angels are scratching their heads when they think about the fact that they signed him in December of 2019 to a seven-year, $245 million contract, and the two-time Silver Slugger has not played more than 58 games in any of his four seasons with the Angels because of injuries? I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> Imagine. I mean, like, one out of three games you are. Imagine your life average. being like, oh, happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Do you love me? Oh, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> Seems like a bad strategy. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses there at the uh, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. The Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time today online at Dancing Rabbit Golf. Dancing Rabbit, part of Pearl River Resort. C Spire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless the best in business IT services, or the best in home internet with C Spire's fiber to the home, they've got you covered. Learn more at cspire.com slash fiber. That's um, cspire.com. C Spire customer inspired. Let's get to the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. It's Truck Month. Learn more at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Borky, you have a question, I believe? Yeah, I have an idea. Because I know Haydad would not want to be talking about the Florida State lawsuit today. Uh, where uh, it was revealed that in their filing, uh, it sounds like the ACC is prepared to negotiate their buyout of the conference, restarting a new trend of conference realignment. So that is the college football story of the day. But I was thinking about this earlier. Because we do this all offseason, the, uh, you know, tell me the outcome of this game and I'll tell you what kind of season they have. So you pick a game on Ole Miss and State schedule for the college football fix driven by Ford that you get to know the outcome of. Only one game, you know the outcome of the game. Also, you get the box score. So it's not just win and loss. You know who plays and how they play in said game. I get to tell you the outcome plus the box score of one game this season. What game would you choose? I have what I think is a very easy answer for Ole Miss. I have thought forever about State. Still can't decide which one it is for me. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. The, the the easy answer is the Egg Bowl. Because State could very easily be 5-6 and six playing that game. So does that put them in a bowl? Plus, I get to know what Ole Miss's record is. And if that, that makes them 9-3, and three, maybe you knocked Ole Miss out of the playoff. So that would be fun. The, the I, And if I could see if Shapin's still the quarterback at the end of the year or did Parson take over that job, that would be interesting to me. The real answer, though... Is Florida? That's a game for Mississippi State. I feel like they can win. That's a team that that isn't very good. You get to play them in Starkville. Uh, they should be you know, mentally fragile because they won't be very good at that point in the season. 
I think for State, if, if they can find a way to win that game, they're going to they'll find a way. I think they can beat Arkansas. Like right now, if you said who is State going to beat this year for sure, who would I put my own money on? The four non-conference, I feel pretty good about Arizona State's tough because it's on the road, and I feel pretty confident they can beat Arkansas and Starkville. So it's just about that Florida game, can getting to six and six and getting to a bowl in year one. So if I could know how that game looked and how the offense looked in that game, I, I feel would feel pretty good projecting the rest of the season. For Ole Miss, it's it's one of two for me, and they're back to back. And they are both in October. And I'm actually going to pick the second of the two games, which is a home game. I want to know the outcome of the Ole Miss-Oklahoma game. Here's the that's, rationale. That's the one I, I landed on quickly. They're going to beat Furman. Sorry, Borky. They're going to oh. beat Middle Tennessee. <laughs> They're going to beat Wake Forest. They're going to beat Georgia Southern, so they'll be 4-0, and the non-conference will be behind. They're going to beat Kentucky. They're going to win at South Carolina to be 6-0. I don't know that the outcome in Baton Rouge matters one way or the other as it pertains to the playoff. So they're either going to be 6-1 or 7-0 headed into that game with Oklahoma. I need to know the outcome of that game. Because I know weird things happen in Fayetteville, but if Ole Miss is going to have the season that it is hoping to have, you beat Arkansas in Fayetteville. I don't care about the history. Ole Miss is better than Arkansas. You have to win that game. Yes. Georgia, probably not going to pick Georgia to win that, or Ole Miss to win that game. Not saying it's impossible. Not saying they can't do it. Not saying it won't be a great atmosphere and all those things. But based on what we know right now, I'm going to pick Georgia to beat Ole Miss. And then I think they should win and will win at Florida. I think they'll win the Egg Bowl. And so, again, if it plays out that way, I don't think the the outcome of the LSU game matters one way or the other. As long as, Borky, when you reveal to me what happened, the Oklahoma game was a win. Yeah. That's why I landed on that one. I th- because in the new playoff era, you don't need to be perfect, right? You just need to win. For a Power 2 conference team, I think moving forward, you can expect 10 wins make the playoff. Uh, a 10-win Power 5 team has missed the access bowls one time, and that's Oklahoma, right, this year. Isn't that the first time that a, a double-digit win Power 5 team missed an access bowl? I believe that's the case. Um, if not, it's very few. doesn't happen very often, so that leads you to believe they'll make the playoffs. So you don't have to go to Baton Rouge and win. You don't have to beat Georgia to make the playoff. But Oklahoma, to me, is the third most difficult game on their schedule. If you're not winning that one, you're not making the playoffs. So that's the one I would want to know. Do they take care of business after the bye week and beat Oklahoma? If that answer is yes, then it, it certainly can be a playoff team, especially uh, if they're healthy. But if you're not beating Oklahoma at home coming off of a bye, you're probably not making the playoff considering that aforementioned trip to Baton Rouge and Georgia. And and going off something you just said there, Richard, if we know the outcome of the Ole Miss-LSU game, can we sort of divine a little bit about LSU? 
If we if LSU Probably. were to beat Ole Miss, obviously LSU is better than I think they're going to be right now. But if Ole Miss goes in there and handles them, then yeah, that's probably the eight and four, maybe worse team that I think they're going to be. Well, and that probably would be the argument for giving me the result of Ole Miss LSU instead of Oklahoma, right? So I mean, if Ole Miss is six and zero going into Baton Rouge, and they win that game against LSU to get to seven and zero, now you got a little more wiggle room over those final five games as well, and you know. Feel pretty good about your chances at home against OU. You should beat Arkansas. I mean, I mean predicting a team to go eleven and one that is not named Georgia or Alabama under Nick Saban feels like a little risky business. It's hard to do. But if Ole Miss gets by LSU, they should be eleven and one when it's all said and done. I still say a better result for Ole Miss would be to lose at LSU but beat Georgia at home. Like, if you just want to take those two games and say you win one of them and you lose one of them, then I'm losing in Baton Rouge and beating Georgia at Oxford. It's just me. Yeah, I think it's a higher-profile win. I mean, I think if if you could... You go back to last year with State, and obviously it couldn't have happened, but if you tell me lose at Texas A&M but beat Alabama at home, yeah, you always take that marquee win. Whereas Ole Miss losing to LSU, it happens. Yeah, it happens. It's a rivalry. It happens. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We're back right after this. Listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. <laughs> Great to be with you this afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. Somebody said, who is going to be the LSU quarterback? Just Meyer. Yeah. They do have high expectations for a roster that doesn't appear poised to meet them. Well, they're LSU fans. It's true. That's that's their game. They have high expectations every year. They recruit like a team that should have high expectations every year. They just don't deliver on them. Joe Burrow ain't walking through that door. I will never use the phrase ain't walking through that door on this show again. Didn't didn't work out well. Last yeah, but time. circumstances change. To be <laughs> fair to you, like Hannah always says, when new information, eh. you're, you're 
Yeah. Uh, did you say that when when Rick Ray was still in charge? Yes, and that's what he meant. Okay, it's, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. I, I won't hold it against him. because Malik, when Allen showed up, it changed. Yeah, Malik so, Newman was not going to play for Rick Ray. It, it, I mean, probably, I definitively you would have been correct. Malik Newman ain't walking through that door. If if Rick Ray had not been fired, you would have been correct. So don't don't feel bad. Mm. Yeah, still wrong though. That's all. You were wrong. Yeah, that's fine. I've been wrong. It's okay. Um, let's talk some baseball. We haven't really gone through. We we talked with Chris Lamonis about Mississippi State. Hey, Ed, your your impressions of the opening weekend for Mississippi State? It's obviously a very small sample size. It's just the first three games, but they played a similar kind of opponent last year in VMI. Maybe even a worse opponent, and. They didn't look the same, right? I mean, they, they, I mentioned to him they only had nine walks all weekend. This weekend, last year they had twelve in one game. Um, they weren't pitching the ball all over the yard. They weren't walking guys. They weren't booting the baseball. They they looked like a normal, regular old baseball team. Now they 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 let a game get away from them Saturday. They should have swept this series, but they 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 didn't. Um, but just to 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 not be putting guys on base freely for a three-game series, they just looked better. I mean, outside of Colby Holcomb, who who you know struggled Saturday, I thought the, the pitching staff as a whole they looked competent. They looked like they were competitive. Uh, I was really really impressed with Kyle Steven. I thought he he looked like he, the part of a guy who could end up as State's Friday Night guy. Very impressed with Gerangelo yesterday. I thought he he was good in his outing. Um, and then you know. In the lineup, you're just missing some key guys there. Kohler is a guy who they need to get back in the lineup. David Mershon being out is hurting them. Ross Highfield needs to get going. You know, he, he had to, he only played one game this week. He wasn't able to catch. He DH'd on, uh, on Saturday. Once they have that full lineup in, I think they can maybe get a little bit of momentum going, but by and large, they, they played probably a little better than I thought they would, but they did lose a game. And with that schedule, as you kind of hinted at, you know, you said it very nicely. The, the the truth of the matter is, this is a schedule that's designed to pile up wins in the non-conference. And if you get too many losses, you're going to be in real trouble because your strength of schedule is going to be low. Your RPI is going to be low. You're going to take some losses that are quad three and quad four. This needs to be you know, a five and zero week for Mississippi State. Maybe they, maybe they could lose one. They could lose one and be okay, but. You just can't get to March 15th in that LSU series and already have four or five losses. You, you just can't. Yeah. Kyle, instead of call, really disappoints me, by the way. Richard, Richard I, won't get that, and that's okay. No, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. And I thought when Lamona said his name, it sounded a little more, more like call. It should be. So, And then oh, the SID on Saturday said Cole, but it's Kyle. That, there's no it's just way a that's weird cold. spelling of Kyle. I know, I know, I know. So, yeah, I laughed really. I chuckled at your your tweet to, in the uh, in the press box when it was Kyle Drogo. I've been doing that all season. Yes. Hmm. If he eats a horse's heart out there on the uh, the yeah. mound, I'll let you know. But yeah, I had somebody ask me last night. He's like, "Well, what impressed you about State?" And I was like, "Number one, I got to watch all three games. That was impressive. But uh, but number two... <laughs> But two, <laughs> I feel like I should explain why that they only carried one game. So that was not a school production in the way that Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss 
produce the games that are streamed online at either the SEC Network Plus or ESPN Plus. Spectrum Sports is Hawaii's equivalent of Fox Sports South or CSS in years gone by or everybody's favorite Valley Sports Southeast or whatever. It's their regional sports network. And so they carry lots of events, but they don't exclusively carry Hawaii baseball. They carried the season opener, obviously, but I think they had a women's basketball game the next day. And My guess is that they don't have the personnel or the equipment or the budget to do multiple events at the same time, and it sounds like they didn't have the scheduling availability for it either. And, you know, your response might be, to, well, why doesn't Hawaii produce their own games internally? My guess is it's a budget issue. Um, it's just a guess. Borg, you mentioned earlier. I yeah, thought they were pretty a, entertaining. That's listening. a fair guess, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, from the state perspective. <laughs> All right. Borg, you guys. Oh, anyway. <laughs> but part number two is to hate that point. They, they didn't give free bases. They fielded the ball when it was hit to them. They threw strikes. They didn't walk guys. And it, it sounds so elementary, but my goodness, what a stark difference from every series. Last year, that they just they fielded the ball, threw guys out, struck guys out, threw pitches over the plate, et cetera, et cetera. I thought Borky was throwing shade at Ole Miss when he was saying that, but he was throwing shade at Mississippi State last year. Yeah, I mean because that's what they were a year ago. Yes, they, they were and, not a normal baseball team last year. Normal yeah. baseball teams don't have an ERA over seven and 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 you walk guys at six, seven, eight, nine per game. That's not normal. A normal baseball team doesn't have two guys who start half the season fielding under eight fifty. By the way, Slate Alford, SEC Player of the Week. Congrats to him out there at Georgia. Uh, it's just not normal. It was not a normal thing last year. Uh, Borky's correct. They just look like an average. SEC baseball team. And that will be a huge step forward after these last two seasons, if they can maintain that. Bo and Indianola asked if I change my opinion. No, it's just one series. I, no, I'm not going to change it. I, I need to see a lot, lot more. But that was a good start. That was sure. a good start to the season for State. They, they would have liked to have gotten all three, but it's baseball, man. Sometimes you just lose a game. Ain't nobody going undefeated. Do Did you think Air Force was good? Like in watching them, did they look like a good baseball team to you? They, they, they've got some, some some talent. They've got a couple guys that can play. But, I mean, if they make the the, 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 the NCAA tournaments because the rest of that league's just not very good. Yeah. A couple um, of bats returning that hit over 400 last year, something like that. Yeah, they, they, got, they have some hitters. Yeah, yeah. And that was a pretty clutch win for them in the uh, in the Saturday game. I mean, that one, that's a game that you can very easily, as the road team, kind of allow the environment and the pressure to eat you up, and they didn't. They got the big base hit to drive in a couple of runs and come from behind and uh, get the win. The Mississippi State couldn't do anything in the, uh, the bottom half of the inning. So it is good to know that our soon-to-be – Service members are cool under pressure. Yeah, that is always encouraging. Except for it's it's the exact opposite of when like the 
Army rifle team loses to like Ole Miss and rifle. It's like why? Why is Ole Miss out shooting the United States Military Academy? Like that's a, that's a little concerning. With all due respect to the Ole Miss rifle team, you shouldn't be beating the Army and shooting guns. I, I think that that's a sport that they should be better than Ole Miss at. Well, maybe some of those fine young women are just uh, going the college route, and then they're going to go into uh, OCS after. Either way. No, maybe that maybe they'll end up in the army. Either way, <laughs> does nobody else think like, "Hey, this is a big problem here"? I I, I get what you're. Smell what I'm, you're stepping in. I'm joking. They're college students. They're it's, it's not the same. I know. Uh let's talk a little bit about the uh, the weekend at Les Murakami Stadium. For uh, Ole Miss as the Rebels. I, I look forward to hearing from Mike when he gets back also about uh, his experience in Hawaii. They had a sellout on Friday night for the season opener. I didn't look at the box scores to see what the attendance was for the other games, but uh, it looked and sounded pretty darn good Friday night. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Before we um, before we get to Ole Miss, did you guys see that um, the details of C. Sarkeesian's contract extension were uh, released? And uh, mm-hmm. it is it is good to be Sark. Yeah. Um, starting this year, so in arrears, January first, base salary of ten thousand three hundred dollars. It goes up. 100000 a year, so 10-3, 10-4, 10-5, up to 10-9 in the 10th year of the amended contract. The university will pay 60% of the guaranteed money to Sark Enterprises, Inc., and the other 40% is for base salary on a monthly basis. Sark Enterprises, Inc. is paid bi-monthly. Yeah. He also gets two automobiles, so two dealer cars. And those usually are not low-end vehicles. Those are usually pretty nice for the head football coach. He gets a uh, club membership. It says, based on availability and business need, if we are assuming that that is at Aust- uh, Austin Country Club, which used to host the uh, Dell Match Play, uh, the initiation fee at Austin Country Club is $100,000. Give or take. Hmm. So 
nice uh, nice little perk there. Yeah, he couldn't have afforded it otherwise. So, did he did he did he just model this off of your contract and you know cross enterprises? Yes, but he was a little short on the next item on the uh, the agenda. Um, he gets twenty hours of personal use on a private plane. Mm-hmm. Thought twenty was a little low, but hook him one. Yeah. yeah, hook him one. We'll take him wherever he needs to go, uh, up to twenty hours. My guess is if he goes over that, that uh, he's able to buy hourly time on it. You know, if he ends up using twenty-two hours. Maybe he, or maybe they just think, ah, don't worry about it. It's good. I don't know. Yeah, hey, you're a good coach. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Co- coaching um, salaries and contracts and buyouts were uh, out of control long before the phrase NIL came to be. Uh, there is a special. This is a this is a fun little line item. On April first of twenty twenty four, there will be a special one time payment of three hundred thousand dollars. On is, what day? April first. And no, it's it's not a not a joke. I'm, I'm trying to, I was like, what are we what are we going at here? You know? No, no, special one time payment of three hundred thousand dollars on or before April first, twenty twenty four. Wonder if there's a clause in his contract. Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher should have worked something like that in. You get paid every year on April 1st. Mm. Ross Bjork would have said, yes, sir, please. What Uh, else do you want from me? Take it. Tickets, up to 12 tickets to all home football games, and he can buy 20 more. Uh, And, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, up to eight tickets at away football games and the opportunity to buy more. Up to eight tickets to the conference uh, conference championship game and all postseason football games and a suite, and he can buy up to twenty more. And up to six tickets to all home games for all other UT Austin sports hmm. and performance and? incentives. Wow. Conference. These are not cumulative. Um, conference championship uh, champion one hundred and fifty thousand. Conference championship game appearance, one hundred fifty thousand, or three hundred thousand, in which they win the conference championship game, but not to exceed three hundred thousand dollars for conference championships. The highest following postseason bowl slash CFP achievement, hundred thousand dollars for a postseason game of a contract, uh, whatever. He gets a million and a quarter for winning a national championship. Two hundred thousand for being the national head coach of the year. Hundred thousand for being the uh, conference coach of the year. You left one thing out. I would have asked for. I would want. A, I want a Franklin's barbecue fast pass. Whenever I go to Franklin's barbecue, I'm to the head of the line. No questions asked. I mean, some things don't have to be spelled out. They probably just happen until they I lose know, to Vanderbilt. I, 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 I want that in writing. That's important to me. If I'm doing the math correctly here, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So ten times seven is seventy million, and then whatever three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine adds up to. Isn't this Jimbo Fisher's contract all over again? Is it fully guaranteed? Um, it is listed as guaranteed compensation. 
At least right. he won his conference and made the playoff. Yeah. I don't think the result is going to be the same that Jimbo was. I'm just saying there are a lot of people that uh, were very up in arms about the contract that Jimbo got with $75 million fully guaranteed. It's kind of kind of the same thing. 1.8, Yeah, it's it's right at $75 million fully guaranteed. Good for Sark. Yeah. Good for Sark. All right. Ole Miss at Hawaii this weekend. Uh, game one, I thought it was a fun baseball game. I understand if, if you look at this and you're like, you know, it shouldn't have been that close. Ole Miss should have been better. I thought there was a lot of good from uh, from game one. Um, JT Quinn was, was pretty good. Mason Nichols was exceptional. And the uh, the closer is it Connor Stevens? Is that right? Or is that did I get his name right? I think I did. Um. Oh goodness! Come on, computer, go faster. Anyway, closer was really good at the end um, of the game as well. Connor Spencer, not Connor Stevens. Connor Spencer. So there was a lot of good on the mound. Ole Miss did commit an error in the first game. They did not hit enough in that game, but there was some good there. Luke Hill had a hit. Uh, Jackson Ross had a couple of hits. Ethan Leger was really good. He had three hits and drove in a couple of runs. So, and it was entertaining. It was a back and forth game with a good atmosphere and the whole deal. So, yeah. And Hawaii really. 4,633 was the attendance on opening night. Looked and sounded like it. It's a big, uh, mm-hmm. big ballpark, you know, compared to most college baseball stadiums anyway. Yeah. And Hawaii only really scored off of Ole Miss's mistakes. I mean, Quinn reaches up on a chopper and, and hits the ball with his throwing hand. If he lets that go, it's a double play out of the inning. Instead, Inning continues and base hit later. Hawaii scores a couple of runs, stuff like that. So uh, after that and after game one, I thought you know Ole Miss is probably going to come home with four, and then and then they didn't. They they did not. They absolutely did not. Uh, by the way, the SID at um, Hawaii had some fun with the box score uh, for game two. You know they they list the umpires and the start time and the game time and the weather, and on the weather it said good enough to play two. That was how they described the weather on uh, Saturday yeah. for the uh, the doubleheader. Ole Miss got the win in game one of the doubleheader, uh, took an early 3 nothing lead, gave up single runs to Hawaii in the second and the third innings. Uh, Gunnar Dennis, the starter, went four innings. Wes Mendez out of the bullpen went three innings, did not allow a hit or a run, and struck out four. And so there was some good in that game yeah. for the, Ole Miss. The thing, though, with, with the starting pitcher, I mean, you know, completes four, but walked three and hit a couple. I mean, yeah. just not efficient enough. But Mendez, the young buck, uh, that might be somebody that you might see get a start here soon. Possibly. Uh, in game three, Grayson Sonier lasted four and two-thirds. Gave up four hits, five runs, four of them were earned. He walked three. And Ole Miss just did not hit at all in that game. One run on three hits with an error. And then in game four, so the Sunday game, the wheels came off. I mean, the wheels just absolutely came off for Ole Miss. They committed six errors. 
So the line score for Ole Miss yesterday was four runs on five hits with six errors. And Ole Miss scored a run in the first, and they took the early lead. But Hawaii got two in the first, two in the second, and then the fifth was where it was just a disaster. Five runs, I'm sorry, in the third. Five runs in the bottom of the third inning. They added three more in the bottom of the eighth inning. And then this was the pitching. Riley Maddox got the start. He lasted two innings. Ryan Rodriguez followed him. He lasted only a third of an inning with three walks. Uh, Ole Miss, as a staff, hit four batters and walked ten and committed six errors. You can't win baseball games playing like that. Nope. I mean, what we were just talking about with Mississippi State and what they did last year, that's what they did, games like that. Yeah. There, there, were, there were two bright spots yesterday, and I think only two bright spots. One was the return of Josh Mallett's. Two innings, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, and the debut of Austin Simmons. One inning, two strikeouts, didn't allow a base runner. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. From the Venable Communication System, is it go? Go! This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. One last time with you on this Monday afternoon, the 19th of February. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi. By the way, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota has you covered. Whether you're looking for a new Ford truck or SUV or car, or uh, the same thing from Toyota, whether it's uh, a Forerunner or a Camry or a Tundra, or maybe you're looking for the brand-new Sequoia, which is just fantastic looking. They got you covered at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. You can find them online at belkford.net or oxfordtoyota.com, but I would encourage you to uh, stop by. Uh, see them in person, see the vehicles that are on the lot, and uh, let the helpful staff, sales staff at uh, Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, get you into the vehicle you need. They've got the best financing rates that are available uh, at the time of purchase, good deals to be had. It is Ford Truck Month, so uh, take advantage of the great inventory of F-150s on the lot right now. And when you go, tell them that you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. So, big week for basketball for Mississippi State and for Ole Miss. The SEC schedule tomorrow just has two games. you got Arkansas and Texas A&M, Tennessee at Missouri. But Wednesday is the day that we are looking toward when Ole Miss and Mississippi State will meet for the second time this year. Games on ESPN2 with an 8 o'clock Central Time tip-off. You've also got Florida at Bama, Georgia at Vandy, and Kentucky at LSU. So Ole Miss got the better of Mississippi State the first time around. Both teams are 6-6 and in conference play. Um, They are both 
currently NCAA tournament teams projected by Joe Lenardi, though Ole Miss actually, you know, you got to remember that these games don't happen in a vacuum. So Ole Miss beats Missouri, and the next day they actually move down a couple of lines in the projections by Joe Lenardi. Ole Miss still part of the group of the last four in, which if it plays out that way would mean that they are playing in one of the uh, the first-round games in Dayton. I, I guess I use the proper terminology. It's not a play-in game. It's first-round game. I think that's how they uh, – Yeah, the play-in game to it's get playing. in, the, uh, it's in the big tournament. That's what it is. So Ole Miss is actually now the last team in in the most recent projection from uh, Joe Lenardi. They've still got nine SEC teams, he does, projected, and um, Mississippi State's one of those, and they are in a lot more comfortable position. They are not in the last four in. They are no longer in the last four buys. So that's uh, that's a good spot to be for Mississippi State. And they've done that by winning their last three games. So Mississippi State playing good basketball right now. Ole Miss coming off the win after a three-game losing streak. We broke this game down a hundred different ways leading into the first meeting. And it turned out to be a really good, close, fun basketball game. And, hey, Dad, would you say that what ultimately got Ole Miss over the hump was the home crowd? It played a big role in it. There's no question. There is no question about that. Largest crowd in the history of the pavilion. Um, so that's going to be fun on Wednesday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I am unfortunately not going to be able to make it. Jane's out of town until uh, late Wednesday afternoon, early Wednesday evening, and then um, we got a big deal Thursday night, and I just need to be around. I'm sad. I am bummed. But fatherly duties. No, I, I mean, it's, I it's it. not my top priority. Hey, Dad, it's a priority, but it's not my top priority, <laughs> said Anthony Rendon. I mean, I'm here, aren't I? I'm, yeah, I'm here. here. Just not on Fridays, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We might have all three of us on Friday this week. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know, Borky. You know, have another doctor's appointment? No, although I haven't gotten the uh, the call back yet, which is uh, a little bit concerning to me because it was supposed to happen at 8 o'clock this morning. Call never came, so uh, uh-oh. Well, I would ask what's wrong, but I don't want to pry and get into your personal business, so I'll uh, I'll let it be and, you know, if you have to have your leg amputated below the knee, I'm sure you'll tell about it, tell us in good time. It's not that. It's uh, It's not that. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Always good to be with you. Don't forget, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Got a lot of baseball happening at M-Trade this weekend. You can find out more about them online at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. Tomorrow we will begin to look at that matchup between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Quick scoreboard update from Hattiesburg. Bottom of the sixth inning, Southern Miss leading 5-3 to three over Air Force after taking two of three from Marist over the weekend. And they've got the bases loaded with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. We'll talk with Christian Ostrander tomorrow afternoon for his first weekly visit with us. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.